Right, just a quickie before we start. Later this month, well, I am hosting a round table for maybe eight to 12 business owners in construction, tradesmen, that kind of thing. What we're going to do is you share with us what's working for you and we'll kind of work with you and show you what you need to do to fix it. It's, you've got to be very highly qualified to get in. It is not a sales presentation. Okay, so it's not a bait and switch. It is a genuine round table. But because it's going to involve a lot of my time and effort, what we're doing is we are highly qualifying people to come in. So if you do want to join us, what you need to do is email holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. And she will send you a link where you'll have a couple of questions to answer. And then you have a call with Connor. And that will just be a quick 15-minute call. And he will just go through a few simple questions just to make sure you're the kind of person we actually want to spend time with. All right. Again, it's not a bait and switch. He won't be selling you anything and nor will I. But it's important we get the right people because otherwise it's going to be a waste of time. What we don't want is people going, yep, 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 yep. All right. So email Holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk and join us for the roundtable at the end of the month. Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off the Tools Collective podcast, the podcast of smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny pinching clients. Bottom line is this if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms, or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands off and on autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself take it away boys a little birdie a little birdie flew by my window today going tweet 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 to do john's got a funny story for you so i still don't know what it is but, uh, lying, a little birdie you? told me no it flew past went tweet tweet wahoo John's got a funny story for you. Uh, where you live, the birds are what? Pakistani, are they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was, every time you do a silly voice, it sounds like a fucking corner shop owner. But, well, one, that's incredibly racist, and we'll get in trouble for that. Two... Oh, for fuck's sake! Well, for insinuating every Pakistani's a corner shop owner. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I did. I, what, what is true, that most fucking corner shop owners are Pakistani. Uh, well, I was brought up in Slough. John and the school I went to I was the minority as a a white English child I'm not even kidding I was the minority there not that there's an issue with it I think I'm a better person for it that's probably why well then that that, that reflects on their community seriously I I did not meet in person a non-white person until I was 11 that's why I'm very forgiving of racists your age I'll let that one pass but carry on (laughs) No, but it, I'm saying that tongue in cheek. Yeah, I know what you're I, saying. I, you know what I'm saying? I let it pass. I'll ignore it. Yeah, that was tongue in cheek. I'll treat it with the fucking contempt I, it's deserved. <laughs> but also, when I like meet my, my dad's pals and my granddad's pals and all of that, and they all hold just subtly racist views, they're like, it's not really your fault. You weren't really introduced to black people. You're very white and middle class. Oh, my mum actually said this one. And I'm not making, I promise I'm not making this up. My mum once said she had nothing against black people. They can't help it. <laughs> She actually said that. That is awful. Mum, can't you see how bad that is? Just couldn't see it. She genuinely could not see what was wrong with it. It's not their fault. I know. Where do you begin with someone like that? Seriously. You don't. You just have to sort of hope they don't say it in wrong company. In public. Yeah. Because that that is not good. (laughs) Anyway, this bird flew past. Anyway, yeah. This morning, I was talking to Vicky Labouchardier, my coach. Kind of almost therapist, really. Yeah, because you're a spastic. <laughs> she said, without without a glimmer of fucking humour, 
Oh, I had to take a massive load this morning. <laughs> I had a massive... <laughs> she meant a delivery of, I don't know, wood oil or something like that. So I don't know what it was. Building supplies. <laughs> but I'm just fucking cracked up. <laughs> so I kept on going about this, having this massive load delivered. <laughs> I bet that was a relief for Kev, wasn't it? Yeah, of course, being Vicky, she just started laughing. So then I started laughing. And we both in fucking tears trying to, trying to have this sensible conversation about this fucking massive load she took. I said, so I'm going to tell Holly and Connor you didn't didn't turn up for the, for the, for the ops call this morning because you were taking a massive load. I, I, I wasn't supposed to do that. I think that's a fair reason, isn't it? I can't think of any better ones. I mean, if, if I was about to take a massive load and someone said to me, oh, you got the ops card, I'd say, fuck that, I want that big load, big boy. Yeah. Give me that load. Spaff all over my tits and my face. <sighs> anyway, that was, that was something said. It's not really that funny, much of a funny story, but it was funny to me. Well, the, the clients that listen to this will find it funny because they know Vicky, because Vicky tends to speak at all our events because we think she's amazing. And uh, we also made her uh, an official foreman, didn't we, of we the did. company, mainly just because she's, you know, she's a pretty attractive lady and we thought it'd be good to have uh, her representing us. Well, yeah, to be fair, it's not because she's any good, it's because we like to be seen to be right on and woke. Well, no, for me, it's more sex sells. And uh, as you've told me time and time again, timid salesmen have skinny kids. So uh, sex sells, so we often lead with that. That's true, actually. I mean, I think it was Zig Ziglar, I mentioned it before, he's dead now, which is quite, I mean, I don't wish, didn't ever wish the guy any harm at all. He was just another sales trainer. Um, but it was pretty big. And I, I think he was maybe came through multi-level marketing. A lot of these guys did, Dan Kennedy, people like that, in Amway and shit. And uh, Zig Ziglar was old school, you know, fucking a book of 101 different closes, really quite nauseating, really. But for the time, it, it was, you know, that's what they did. And anyway, Zig Ziglar was a, it was a raving Christian. He, he got the bug in the 70s and he was very evangelical about it. And when he died, my first thought was, the thing about when Christians die is you don't get the chance to say, I told you so, when there's nothing yeah. there, you know, because mm. <laughs> they're dead. It's very unfulfilling. It is, really, because I'm, I'm not one to gloat, but you can't beat a good gloat, can you, really, to be fair? No. Gloating no. is one of those secret pleasures I think everybody likes, and everybody will deny it, except I won't deny it, because it's great sometimes. So I'm not a vindictive person, but, my God, I do like to gloat sometimes. No, it's fun, it, especially when it, you can gloat over, like, a close friend or a close pal. <laughs> that, that's the best. Nothing's better than being able to hold something like a, like that over a, over a good friend's head. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a good example. When Dev, a couple of years ago now, his wife booked a, a camping trip, and Dev was going to be in this field with no internet access unless he got back to, back to his car because of the signal, in a tent with his wife and these two kids, with his neighbours and a bunch of people he didn't know or like. And whoa, how much did we fucking gloat about that? We fucking pissed yeah. ourselves laughing for weeks. <laughs> Come on, Dev, you like it, mate. Get to know all these people. Get yourself out a little bit. Break from social media. Have a good oh. chat around the campfire. Sing some songs, you know. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, that, that kind of gloating is fucking supreme. Yeah. Right. It's the sort of shit that you can bring up six months later and it's not been spoken <laughs> about for months. And everyone just instantly knows what, you, what you're about to say. It's just fucking hysterical. That's part of being a bloke, though, and women don't really get. Most women don't get that somewhere. Yeah. But blokes, they're merciless with each other. And isn't it generally true with blokes that the worst things they say to and about each other, the closer friends you are? Yeah, absolutely. And when you get two blokes being really cordial and polite, there's a fucking problem there. You know, yeah, yeah, they're enemies. Some, yeah, yeah. They're not getting along. They're, they're, they're enemies. They're cautious of one another. But yeah, 
you see two blokes shouting at each other, they're, they're more often not pals. It reminds me of the old, the old, well, it's not the old saying, but it's one I heard. It's uh, the thing common to men and women. And that is, men will say the most appalling things about and to each other, and women will be as nice as pie and say the most delightful things. And the thing they have in common is none of them mean a word of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When you've got, you got three women around a table, none of them will go to the toilet on their own in case the other two start talking about it, you know? I think and it's more because they're worried about the being part. followed to the toilet. Hey? I think it's more because they're worried about being followed to the toilet and they need to share tampons and lipstick and yeah, tampons oh, disgusting. <laughs> oh, you know, this this still can take 50 percent more period blood do you well, want to use it blokes talk shit to each other's face and say decent things beyond their backs so with women it's often the way around you know? well so yeah, in i mean we are generalizing yeah, here so i'm yeah, sure we've, we've now upset most of the population of the country well, well, so back to what we're saying uh, no, 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 no. You and your general generalizations with fucking corner shop owners and now women <laughs> and now men. Honestly, if we had a bigger audience, you'd be cancelled by now. <laughs> I see this. Well, you can't cancel someone who doesn't apologize. You just can't, in my opinion. No, no, I don't want to apologize when I'm wrong, but I mean, apologizing for offending someone, oh, fuck off. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, who's that comedian that we both like you're really into him and he recently apologized or went at ricky gervais for something and uh, just went frankie boyle was it thank you frankie boyle someone a, a really outrageous comedian tried to dig ricky gervais i believe it was out recently for making like transgender jokes or something i can't remember saying it's honest i think it might have been frankie boyle because it was really like what what are you saying of all people because he's the most outrageous comedian i can think of off the top of my head yeah. but anyway they went this is a massive digression john tell these fucking listeners i'm gonna i'm gonna address them he's listening yeah, we're back on zigzag yeah. timid so he said timid so one of the things he said was, was timid so has seen kids meaning people who won't sell don't make any sales so their kids go hungry and i know it's a bit of a cliche but it's fucking true no. Dan Kennedy uses this one all the time. Timid salesmen have skinny kids. And yeah, not the good you know, they, they don't sell much because they just don't ask for the sale, which is kind of scary, really, how, how they can do this. I'll see it on LinkedIn all the time. You know, p- people are on about giving value and dropping so called fucking value bombs. And they wax lyrical about how they like to demonstrate their value and how great they are and build links of long term relationships. And a lot of it is because they just don't know how to sell. Yeah. And a lot of them will resist selling because it's scary to them. It fucking exposes their ego. Mm-hmm. They risk being told, no, don't yeah. want your shit. You know, even worse, yeah, I, I want I want the problem you say you can solve. I need that solving, but I don't think you can do it. You've not convinced me. Fuck off, go somewhere else. Mm. You know, they don't want to be told, no. This is why, and we know this is true if you think about it, because, you know, the teenage angst of young men, and this is just the way society has evolved, I'm sure it's the same for women, but the teenage angst of young men the fear they feel are asking a girl for a date or even just a dance, you know? Mm. What's the worst that can happen? She can say no. Well, I suppose the worst that can happen is she can laugh and point, but that's harmless, really. I mean, physically, you're in no danger. Oh, yeah, of course. It, it, can, only affect, it can only affect you if you allow it to. Yeah, I find it fucking hilarious that you've used the example of asking a girl for a dance because I don't think that's happened in the last 20 years for someone under the age of 30. Well, I'm not under the age of fucking 30, am I? Well, now in my day, yeah, we go to clubs. We don't go to ballrooms and gowns. And me dear lady, may doth this I have this dance. <laughs> Is that how you used to do it in your day to pick up girls? My dearest young no, man. Connor. No, it's not. I have Connor. the honour of this dance. No, it's not Connor. You know how I used to pick up girls, Connor. I don't want to know. I used to say things like, 
how about we go back to your place and fuck like rabbits? And they'd sometimes say yes. <laughs> Law of averages. Law of averages. Someone's sometimes. gonna have low. I mean, you, you didn't so just you. and given the, the current climate, you know, let me be very clear about this. You didn't just walk up to girls at random and say that. You actually knew them, you know. You said it in a way when it was actually part of the conversation and, and not just some creep up behind the girl in an alleyway and go, I'm not going back to your place for the foot. It wasn't so quite like that. So you're telling me, it, rather than asking girls to dance in the ballroom, you, you asked them to I've like never rabbits. been to a fucking ballroom dance! <laughs> then why did you use the example of asking a girl for a dance? That doesn't happen anymore. It might happen in a retirement home where both their fucking partners are dead. So you're telling me at clubs, guys don't ask girls if they want to dance anymore? No, it doesn't happen. Do they not? Well, that is a bit of a revelation. I mean, I've got no idea. Yeah, it does not happen. Does not happen. Nightclubs are where it's awful in there. Nightclubs are the worst place. I couldn't think of anything anywhere worse to be. And I'm not autistic, so it's nothing to do with that. It's just because they are sleazy. Uh, All the it's it's almost like we've reverted back to a fucking being twelve. It's boys on one side, girls on the other. Everyone's trying to look fit. Girls are pouting boys are trying to like flex their muscles and trying to buy bottles and can I buy a table shut up me I once went clubbing uh randomly when I was 18 but we'd been out for a day session drinking it was the middle of fucking winter so I've got this massive coat it's heavy like if you carried it it'd fucking do your arms and it's fur lined and uh, so we went to this club and I kept going to my mates this place does have a cloakroom doesn't it because I've got a massive fucking coat on I can't wear this in a club. I'll, I'll be roasting. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's got a cloakroom. It'll cost you a fiver. I'm like, sound. Get to the get to the club. They're, they've had me on. There's no cloakroom. And they're, they're, they're laughing at me now. Because they... <laughs> gloat, they'd gloat, all, gloat. Yeah, they'd all like drop their coats off back home. And I was like, it's far too cold. I'm going to keep mine. And uh, so, yeah, so we was in this club. And I had this massive fucking coat on tied around my waist looking like a right plug. <laughs> oh, the oh. things you learn, eh? Mm. Anyway... Oh, do you mean you're not autistic? Because everyone's a little bit autistic, aren't they? Uh, well, we're all on the spectrum, mate. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> skinny salesmen. I oh, know, sorry. Timid salesmen <laughs> have skinny kids. Tim, skinny salesmen have timid kids. Timid salesmen have skinny kids. So, you know, when it comes to it, the selling bit is not optional. And it's not a bolt on or a nice to have. It's an essential part of the selling process. And it's, it's really no good. You're not doing yourself any favours if you're great at marketing and shit at sales. You're probably better off being better at sales than you are at marketing. Yeah, definitely. Because you can always buy leads if you want to. I mean, I wouldn't suggest you do, but you, know, you, you can always get leads in a way that doesn't involve you doing too much marketing. For instance, through referrals. But if you yeah. can't sell, you're on a real fucking loser. Yeah, if you give a good enough service, you'll stumble across sales opportunities. Yeah, but if you can't sell all the leads in the world, you could throw all the money you like at fucking traffic, mm. and whether that's internet traffic or footfall. But if you can't sell, you ain't going to sell much. Simple as that. No. Well, th- this probably happens because people think sales is dirty. Yeah, I know you hold, hold the completely opposite viewpoint. Oh, well, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I've one of my, she's a really good friend and, and she's been a client for years, probably 12 years. Also, and she serves the high end and she's quite posh herself. And she's got this idea that money is kind of tacky and icky. Well, that's how often how very rich people are. I'm fine. I'm, it's, how, it's how they feel. I don't, it's not my business how they feel. But, you know, that is a feeling that people seem to have that selling and money are somehow dirty. And, you know, just think of the language people use when they'll say, you know, when they're asking for how much something is, they'll say, what's the damage? Or if you get a particularly high bill from someone, they'll say, I'm sorry, it's so much. Well, why are you apologizing? If you're giving me fucking, you know, if you're giving me value that I've asked, for why are you apologize i'm glad i can pay it that kind of thing 
Well, selling is not dirty. It's not a because people seem to treat it as a lose-lose situation. And that's wrong because if you are genuinely giving value when you sell something, so you're exchanging value, you're selling, you're not giving it, you're selling value. Well, if you're actually returning value in, in, in your, your service or your product, why would you apologize or think that the other person is losing? You know, it's just not like that. It doesn't matter how much I charge for copywriting if I'm giving someone value. It really doesn't. And, and, and that value would be sales, their sales, not mine. So if, and if you, people buy things because they have a problem. Now it could be like, so I've got a fucking sore shoulder, like I have. It could be, I need a gym at home because I don't want to go to the commercial gym. It could be, I need a new bike. It could be, I need my house decorating, new roof, new floor, whatever, whatever it is, new electrics, new plumbing. Fucking, even if you want an escort girl, you want sex. Now, whatever your fucking itch is that you need scratching, okay, you've got it. Now, on the other side of the table, you've got the provider of that service or product, the seller of that product. Well, if you are that seller, if you genuinely know, you look at that other person, you think, I know what your problem is. I understand your fucking challenge. I can see your pain. And what I've got in this little box or in my trousers or in my pocket or in my fucking garage, my locker, whatever, my product, my service will solve your problem and scratch your edge. If you genuinely believe that and you know it and you're in business and you're serious about, hey, we give great service, we serve our customers, we're here to help you, etc. Et if you mean that, that isn't your, isn't it your duty to sell to them? Because by letting them walk out that door without buying from you, without their problem being solved, you let them down. You've not kept your word at all. You're a liar. Yeah. And all that is usually because of ego. Oh, if they'd have really wanted it, they'd have asked for it. You know, bollocks. Sometimes it's easier saying, well, are you in or not? Yeah. Anything else I can tell That's you? And what, what, what else can I tell you about this? Oh, you know, do you have everything you need to know? Yes. Well, are you in or you out? Yes or no? Now, people yeah. often won't do that because they fear a no. Now, you know, people, this is how you make the sale. You fucking ask for it. Are you in or are you out? Do you want it or not? Is it a yes or is it a no? Because, you know, time's getting on. We're both getting older. And I'd like to get this done before we both die of old age. Yeah. So, but if you if you don't ask, you don't get a yes or a no. So you've still got this idea in your life. It's almost like Schrodinger's fucking sale. It's neither, it's neither a yes or a no, or it's both. And you can go back to the office and feel good about, hey, we've still got this, this, this prospect. And the thing about human beings is, you know, we can fool ourselves into, we can think about a positive outcome so much we can actually convince ourselves emotionally that we've achieved it. This is one reason, and this is not bullshit, this is one reason if you focus too much on your goals and you put your, because now people say about one of, the, one of the strategies or the tactics they use is to imagine you've already achieved your goal. Well, that can be useful, but a downside of that is you can actually do it so much, you know, you, you can be present in that moment so much, you think you've already done it, so you don't put any effort to get there. And if that, that's actually the lesson. If you, you know, if you can feel really good without doing it, why would you bother to do it? That's actually a lesson yeah. from stoicism. You, know? you, you can be happy within yourself without actually yeah. owning anything. But, you know, that's why people, I suspect that's why people do this. They, they won't ask for the sale because why they're not asking for the sale, they can kid themselves. We're making progress. This, mm -hmm. this, is, this is, could be a goer. This could be a great opportunity. If you say to someone, yes or no, and they say no, there is no opportunity. But that's actually what you want to hear because they can get on with their lives and then so can you. Okay, fine, we'll go next one. Well, there's, I think there's, the there's underlying... Book, isn't there? Go for no. Yeah. There's that yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, start with no. It's um, well, there's go for no. There's also no. start with no by Jim yeah, Camp, yeah. late Jim Camp. The thing is, um, you actually want to hear a no if it is going to be a no because you can then move on with your life. It's, it's actually more respectful as well because you're not wasting yeah. your time. Yeah, there's nothing worse than being stringed along. No, the, the underlying problem here, I think, is people see, and this is a quintessentially human thing to do, they see making a sale as being an event. Yeah. Rather than, well, it is the event as opposed to an event in a sequence of events. Yeah. But they're like buses. If you know, there's, there's, if you've done it once, if you've got one prospect and to say, you can get another one to do it. 
And it's just yeah. a matter of playing the numbers, really. They see uh, prospects as a uh, finite resource. Yeah, and, and to be fair, they are finite in that there are only 7.5 billion people on the planet, but the number is so big, it might as well be infinite. There are more yeah. prospects out there for almost everything than you could throw a shitty stick at. This is what we say, not everyone is a suitable candidate. You don't want them to be either. Yeah, and we always go back to ego, but... You know, if they've told the missus, all right, there's a sales opportunity or they're told the hubby or, you know, oh, I've got a sales call later or whatever. And you know, you're going to get followed up with, oh, have that call go, especially if, you know, things are a little bit tight and the mortgage is a little bit late and your kids are getting even skinnier. Being able to say, oh, they'll get back to me is a lot easier to, to stomach for some people's egos than saying, oh, they said no. Hmm. Just fear of other people's opinions. Yeah, I actually had a chat this morning with someone um, over WhatsApp about ego. Um, and indeed, there was a post on LinkedIn where someone was saying, what, what do you prefer, reward or recognition? And my, my comment, which is going to upset a lot of people, was recognition is to weak people. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, reward can be, they didn't specify what the reward was, and nobody asked me. They will assume it's monetary. Yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah. For me, it would be, there's a lot, you know, reward comes in many packages for me. Mm. Money's one of them, of course, I need money, and we all do. You know, unless you want to fucking live under a hedge, which is going to make your internet connection a bit sketchy. But for the, mo- for the most part, it isn't just money. If it was, we'd, be, we'd have a different business model. But recognition, you're on a loser because what if you don't get it? What if like some, I mean, we all know people, you know, I can't think of any names offhand because it's not really my, my area of expertise. But there are, well, I do know a few, but I don't want to say their names actually because I might get myself fucking sued for it. But there are some pretty big names out there, retailers who own, you know, they're maybe not the billionaires, but they're not far off, half billionaires or so. So they're extremely wealthy and they are despised and reviled. Now they might not care about that and that's fine. But what if, if your fucking driving force is fame and recognition, say you're an internet influencer, LinkedIn, Instagram, doesn't matter, or a, or a movie star, and you thrive on and that's your driving force for recognition, adoration, adulation, all that kind of thing. What happens if you lose it or you don't get it? And you've got all this money and a big house and a big car, but, but you don't have what you really want and that's other people's approval. Well, that's crushing. You know, the people kill themselves over that. Genuinely. Genuinely. Yeah, literally. They, they mm. commit suicide over that kind of thing. Well, isn't it healthier to go for reward? However you see that. It may be monetary. It may be, it may be emotional. It may be something else. Or it may be a combination of all of them, like it is for me. Recognition yeah. is, for, and I said again, you know, quite unequivocally. So everyone understands. Recognition, the need for recognition is the weak people. And you will never be happy. Or if you are, it's always dependent on external forces way beyond your control. So it's you're, you're effectively trusting your happiness in the hands of luck. Because luck is functionally anything you don't control. Yeah. Stick that in your fucking pipe and smoke it, cunt bag. So it's, anyway. well, it's, it's one of the first things we focus on in Elite Foundation. And it takes people, well, it takes our clients, not all of them, but I'd say the majority of them a little while to get their head around it and um, some of them are a little bit skeptical but they see the benefits it is for us and our other clients so they're, they're willing to give it a go but there seems to be a definitive moment in all of their journeys to sound a little bit wanky where it just clicks mm. it just clicks there'll be there'll, there'll be an event in their life where they've handled it completely different to how they ever would have handled it ever before and then they usually go straight into the group and they say I did this they, they it always starts with I'm not sure if this can be classed as a win but and it's a massive win <laughs> and it's like that's that's huge you yeah, fundamentally yeah. changed as a person. No, for for us, our, you know, it's great to see clients making lots of fucking money, but you know, that's a fate complete almost. But when we see them coming into the group and they're posting big, big, big things like that, and they're not sure if it's big or not, it, it, that, that's the most rewarding thing for me. Just being able to read that, it's like, oh. I, aren't those moments called epiphanies? <laughs> 
Epic fannies. Epic fannies. You've just had an epic fanny. <laughs> oh, tell me wife, thank you very much. <laughs> I liked that. <laughs> oh. No, epiphanies, yeah. I, I've had a few myself. I mean, that quote I, I read over the weekend, I mentioned this to you this morning, and it's, it's really something I'm going to use a lot. Isn't it? Hey? It's really struck a chord with you, hasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, and it was very simple. It was, if it's not right, don't do it. If it's not the truth, don't say it. I mean, if you were to just take those few words, those two lines on board and live your life by that, how might your life change? If it isn't the right thing, don't do it. If it isn't right, don't mm -hmm. do it. If it isn't the truth, don't say it. Just how would your life change? Just it's two lines from Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor. Fucking hell. predicated on people having a uh, correct moral compass in some way, shape or form. Because obviously right is very subjective. Oh, of course it is, yeah. But as I was saying to Sarah this morning, talking about this, most of us have a common core of values which... Are pretty, they are mostly the same in most of us, in most circumstances, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like I, there are very few people who will genuinely believe it's it's okay to murder people in the street or to rape them or to beat beat children. Yeah, yeah. Some will, yeah, most of us won't. So most of us, yeah. we do have a common core of values we can mostly agree on most of the time. And you know, there's nothing. They're, they're not objective in the sense they're not written down by some deity anywhere. They've evolved like that for very good reasons. Because if we went around randomly killing each other, we wouldn't have survived long as a species. And yes, these things have arrived, have, have evolved for a reason. So we 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 we, we call those, you know, our what's right and most of us know what's right we've had this conversation before where you see people posting on linkedin and they'll come with this long moral fucking dilemma and they say is this the right thing to do and my answer is always if you've got to ask the question you know it's not because mm -hmm. you're not looking for an answer you're looking for justification to do what you want to do but no you shouldn't mm -hmm. or you're looking for recognition and you're trying to uh humble brag well that's a different thing yeah oh i loathe that oh man fucking humble bragging you should do it anyway. one hate about humble bragging. I should. Do, yes, I'll do that. We'll do that tomorrow. No, the day after tomorrow. Anyway, today, yeah, the one minute hate today. What is it? Confusing and conflating activity with achievement, which actually I follows on. So this, this is almost too good to be a one minute hate because it's it's a major fucking play with business owners, isn't it? It is, it is. And we'll do it. We could do an entire, and we should do an entire episode on this. It's um, a play. It, it's an it, actual it, play. It is like people busy work. <laughs> Busy bodies, yeah, it's just, you're lying to yourself. But anyway, you're going to get it all out in this one minute hate. Hey. Oh, missus. Are you ready, Captain? Yeah. I can do you. Oh, go. Right, confusing and conflating activity with achievement. Activity is busy work. It's doing stuff for the sake of doing it. And then telling yourself, oh, I've achieved something when you've not. In fact, even worse than that is telling other people you've achieved something. I've been really busy and done all this fucking stuff. No, you haven't. All you've done is actually tick fucking meaningless tasks off your fucking stupid pointless waste of time fucking to-do list. Achievement is actually making measurable progress towards a goal. Or as Earl Nightingale used to put it, success is the progressive realisation of a worthy goal. That is progress. That is achievement. Activity is just running around in fucking circles, going to meetings when you don't have an agenda and just saying, that was a good chat. I feel really positive now. Just like we're saying about sales. Yeah, I've got loads of prospects. It's a really good opportunity. Fuck your opportunity. Stick it up your ass. It's not an opportunity until things move forward. Nothing happens until someone takes action and buys something. Spot on. Mm. Right. Spot we'll stop on. this there. I just want to say that's the reason we uh, have metrics and milestones within our company. So Absolutely. We're measuring shit. Now, we are measuring shit. And I recommend you do the. So, talking about measuring things and making oh, progress. God. 
Yeah. The progress we want people to make is we want you to attract better clients and sell at higher prices and have a measurable pipeline where you get all these fucking people coming in, stuffed into your sales process so you can get them into your sales process and then talk to them and have measurable fucking outcomes at the end of it making these sales. If you want to do that, make more money, less work, less hassle, fewer headaches, what you need to do is go to ottpodcast.co.uk, avail yourself of all the fucking resources, do the fucking work and then tell us how you get on. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands, do not confuse and conflate activity with achievement, and do not shit on your fingers. Bye-bye. See you later.